Thank you for listening to this special edition of the Game Changers podcast. We are recording live from the beautiful city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. On this special two-part series of the Game Changers podcast, we have Saul Sanchez. Saul and I go back 20 years and have shared some wonderful memories. And so I asked Saul, hey, would you join me for one of these episodes? I said to Saul, I think people will love to hear your testimony. I think people will love to hear your story and relate to it. We hope you're inspired by it. We thank you for bringing us together, Lord, for giving us this opportunity, Lord, to get together and Lord, to record this podcast that I really truly believe can impact many lives that have gone through the things we have gone through, Lord. Thank you for putting this in my heart and I thank you for giving Joseph the ability, Lord, to be able to do this this podcast to have the knowledge of it lord to have the the wisdom to have the ability and the skill father lord to put all of this together lord and that you continue to bless his hands and everything that he does for you lord jesus i pray that today this could be the beginning of something wonderful lord that you can glorify yourself in that it could be a blessing to many lord open the doors for us lord in the name of jesus we thank you lord give us understanding give us the right wording Help us to express ourselves in the right manner, Lord. And we thank you for everything that you do, Lord, and that you may be glorified in this. In the name of Jesus, amen. How long have I been asking you? To, I, I mean, you and I have had a little bit of radio background. Yeah, definitely. And we, find, we finally are finally together in your beautiful home. Yeah, thank you for coming, man. I thank you for the opportunity to be here. And uh, I thank God for you, and I thank God for the skill he's given you to be able to do these podcasts, to reach out to the souls, you know, people that want to, you know, listen to something positive and, you know, want to be impacted by, by the word of God in a, in a real way, you know? Right. You know, you and I have had a number of conversations, like countless of conversations at like one in the morning, two in the morning while you were on the road. Late night. Yeah. Yeah. You are a trucker. Yes. Um, even early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what I'm looking forward to is bringing to life one of those conversations. Let a little, get, give, a, give the people a little insight of how you and I mm-hmm. um, can take some of these conversations. Yeah, I'll tell you what, you know, there's, there's no greater inspiration than when you have natural chemistry with someone that you've known for a long time, as you and I have known each other for almost our whole lives. 20 years 20 years and in those 20 years we have seen such growth you know we've seen a lot of changes and uh we've experienced a growing family and um you know we've we've gone from a role of being friends and getting into trouble to being ministers of the lord and and having a wife and kids now that look up to us so we we've we've seen a lot and and we've experienced a lot so far you know you and i we were just we were just talking about this. We, you and I, we were in. You and I started off in the Catholic Church. Yes. And say Boniface, which uh, doesn't exist anymore. Not at all. They're they're condos now. Right. Um, but even though there are some fundamental things that you and I don't agree with, you and I about the Catholic Church. About the Catholic Church. Right. Yeah, some fundamental things, but I agree. Um, but there were some some values that we picked up that you know, we carried over, right? Yes. Even our our current churches now, you know, a lot of our churches tend to have some form of 
Catholic DNA left in them mm-hmm. in terms of the reverence or whatever it may be. Yeah, because even though there's a lot of differences, obviously, with, you know, the way that the doctrine and the way that, you know, biblically we, we serve the Lord, there's a lot of similarities that we can definitely take, you know, and we can bounce off each other, you know, and, and, and I think we, we've gained a lot of that just being a member there. And, you know, it's interesting with our experience, and we understand the Catholic Church gets a lot of rap, bad rap. And rightfully so. They deserve that bad rep and a lot of, you know. Um, but our experiences were different. You know, we had some good men. Absolutely. We had some good men that um, really taught us just life in general. Uh, a lot of priests that really invested in us in a lot of ways. Uh, my worldview, my experience is different from many, right? Mm-hmm. Um St. Boniface gave me my first job. I yeah. remember when your mom worked at St. Boniface. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they were a blessing to our family. You know, everyone that listens to this should know, you know, we are ministers of the Lord. We are Christian believers, but right, right. you can't take away from the good that came. I remember when we first came from Puerto Rico, and uh, we had nothing. We had nothing. We had family that told us they were going to help us if we came over here. They wanted to help us go to better schools and 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 get and provide a better life and within two weeks they they kicked us out they said listen we don't have the room for you and now we're left in the street stranded my mom you know they didn't speak any english we were all little i was the oldest i was like five five six years old i had a brother and a sister who were even younger you know my sister was like one and we were forced to find a way to survive and my mom has this crazy story and i, I know it was god my mom has this crazy story where she she said there was a dog that she just it caught her eye and she she sees this dog and and, and she starts following this dog and and the dog's just leading her and and when he finally leads her she she finds the rectory which is the office at saint boniface church and when she goes there she tells them our situation and immediately those priests that were good men in our lives they they helped us find an apartment to live in they helped us find resources that uh, gave us heat for the home, and they brought us food. You know, back then I didn't know what missions were, but that was a that was a mission there. You know, they came and they gave us food, and and I remember it was almost Christmas time because we came in November, and in December we didn't have any gifts. Right. And the only one that showed up with with a van full of gifts was one of the head priests at uh, St. Bonnie's. Was that McGillicuddy? No, it was Sean. Yeah, Sean McGillicuddy. Oh, that was yeah. yeah was it time. was him. And he showed up with a bag full of toys. And for someone like us growing up at that time with having nothing, especially not having a father around, that was a a role model for us that I think really impacted us in such a positive view of a man and what a man should do, whether it's a man of faith or just a man in society. But it was a great example of what it was to be a helping hand to somebody that needed it, you know, and, and he did it unconditionally. He didn't expect anything from us. He did it because he's seen the need and, and that was a blessing. So we, we talked, you talked about your mom and I love that lady, the left deaf. She's, she's another mom to me. Um, I think one of the coolest thing, coolest things about this particular episode is this is two best friends about to go back and forth in conversation. Yes. And, um, when I asked you, hey, I want you to do an episode with me, you had this passion, 
this desire to talk about fatherless homes mm-hmm. and how you were able to overcome that. Yes. Your mom was a single mother of three. Um, and I don't say, and, and again, I, I know your mom and I respect her so much. But, you know, there was. Um, stepdad. What, yeah, stepdad. Um, but you still had felt like you needed to take that fatherly role on your siblings. Um, talk about the first time you were you realized that dad wasn't coming back. Yeah, so it happened very young. The reason I came up to you with this with this uh, desire, with this idea, you know, about uh, being fatherless, and not just fatherless, but sometimes uh, motherless too, there are, let's call it single parent homes. There are so many of us that are brought up in these single parent homes, and I have seen just from being a minister and from being in the neighborhood and growing up, you see how many people live without their father's influence or their mother's influence in their lives for one reason or the other. And we get into a, a, a situation where you see the negative effects that can happen and the direction that could negatively impact uh, a, a situation like that in your home. And then now the children are left to grow up with either a mother that's always working, like my mother was always working, always had two, three jobs, so we were alone a lot, which that opened the door for a lot of things. It could have opened the doors to danger. It could have opened the doors to sin. It could have opened the doors to, to uh, uh, drugs and addiction. Being raised in a single-parent home, like many people are, it can have a negative effect, and it can, it can affect the way that you grow up as a man or you grow up as a woman in society. Sometimes we're so young we don't know how to handle that situation. I remember when my mom came here uh, from Puerto Rico to Philly and we moved there, you know, without a dad, I didn't understand what was going on. You know, I knew in my heart, I didn't want to leave. I knew in my heart, I loved my dad. I knew in my heart that I wanted to see him all the time, but I couldn't understand why he, this man couldn't be in our life. I couldn't understand why we had to be separated. I, I didn't understand because I was so young, that hurt takes up this space in your heart, you know, that hurt that, and, and you don't know how to get rid of it. And, and you be, you know, and, and you begin to question everything, you know, and you, you can even get angry at your mother, even though you don't understand that what she, the decision she made was to better our lives. The decision to separate from my father was because of infidelity on his part. But I didn't understand that as a kid, you know? So I'm looking at my mom, I'm upset. He was still dad. He was still dad. Was still dad, yeah. I still loved him. I, I still looked up to him. I still wanted him to be in my life. And unfortunately, that was the beginning of the, the, the separation between me and, and, and our family having a, a male role model in our home. Can you talk about, and I, and I know this is on a personal note, so feel free to drive it the way you want to drive it, but how did how did that separation happen what happened i remember being young and my father was never perfect and as i'm older now as and i'm a father and i look and i look down at my children you know i see how i've learned from that situation but maybe he just didn't know any better because 
my father didn't have a good relationship with his father, even though his father was around. But he, he, he was, they didn't have a good relationship. Um, it also didn't help that, you know, that era of the 70s and 80s, you know, my father was only like 15 years old. My mom was like 14 before they got together. They ran off, you know, on their own and got married and had an older sister who passed away a couple months after birth because of cancer. But from an early age, you know, 14, 15 years old, I mean, can you imagine that? <laughs> you know, being married legally now, now you're responsible. Now you're having children. It's, it's, it's not a good start from the beginning. It's not a good example that you're setting for these kids that you're bringing into the world. And so, because they were so young and because he didn't have a good relationship with his father and because she got married so young, left the house so young, she didn't have a great relationship either with, you know, her mom and her dad, which are my grandparents. It led to them just l taking this reckless decision to get married and have children. And then because they were young, you know, my father, you know, he wasn't faithful. He was, you know, committing infidelity and, you know, he, he, he had these women. And the worst part about it is that he would take us to these houses, you know, with these women that he had. He would bring us into these homes knowing that it wasn't right and then would ask us as children, don't tell your mother about this woman because she'll be upset. And, you know, I'm four or five years old. I don't know any better. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to say anything. But as a parent now, when I look, I'm like, he was making me complicit to his sin. He was making me complicit to the bad choices he was making. He was opening my eyes up to a world as innocent as I was. He was taking that innocence away from me because now he was... Uh, 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 teaching me to lie to my mother. He was bringing me in and saying, listen, my sin is my sin. I'm going to, I'm going to bring you into it, but I expect you not to talk about it. And what a, that's not a good role model. That's not a good example, but I didn't know any better because I was young. There's a scripture that I love and it's, it's in Psalm 68. It's verse five. It says, God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. Above all this, we got to understand that if we have a purpose with the Lord, if God has a purpose for us, there is nothing that we can go through that God will not get us out of. God is a father to the fatherless, you know? That means that it doesn't matter if you don't have good role models. God has an eye out for us. And I truly believe God had an eye out when my mom decided to follow that dog to that church, which gave me a better example of a good male role model. You know, up until that point, you know, my, my male role model was my father who was leading me astray. But this man came and, and, and was a positive influence in my life into what a good man should be. And, and I think that if we allow God to be the one that, that, that leads us and guides us through prayer, right? Because that's, that's, that's how we speak to God, through prayer. And if we allow ourselves to pray to God in these circumstances, even when we're kids and we teach our kids to pray. And that's one thing that, that I loved about my mother, that didn't matter what she went through. It didn't matter the pain and the hurt that she was in. She always looked for God wherever it was, even though, you know, the Catholic religion, we know uh, by scripture, it's not right. You know, they, they're not biblical, but she still tried to find God in her own way and would not allow us to go astray 
And so there's a different dynamic there. My dad's leading me into sin, bringing me in to be complicit of it. And my mom was looking for a way to get us out of that and to reach to God and to look towards faith. And I, I think that's where that separation came, not just for her and him, but for my family and I. You mentioned earlier about, you talked about the heart with your dad. Um, you're in your 30s now. Um, and you mentioned that there's some things that didn't go away. Even now, have things gone away? Well, I'll tell you what. This is very interesting because I can only give glory to God because God is the one that has led my life. Mm. You, you know. You know that when I was 17, I, I had an encounter with the Lord closest friends didn't agree with it you know for a time i know you didn't either because you didn't know either you i know? Didn't know yeah you no. didn't know you didn't know any better you know and so i lost a lot of friends a lot of family the day that i decided to come to the lord the day that i realized that you know what i'm just not getting enough here when i was being raised you know saying boniface just isn't enough i just feel empty i feel empty i would walk around feeling empty and i would question god so often and say god why do i feel so empty even though I, I, I go to church, even though we were altar service, remember we used to go up there and, and uh, uh, I'll be honest, I think the, my favorite part was when we got to the, to the wine and the, uh, and, and the communion, you know, we were the first ones to get a sip, right. you know, and it was real wine. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed funerals though. Oh, we used to get paid with a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, you got paid, man. <laughs> I was waiting for the next person to die in Bonnie's. Yeah, like, oh, it was. I signed uh, up. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, you what. You got nothing for weddings. Yeah, when you're. Uh, I know. Dreaded weddings. <laughs> Can you do a wedding? No. There's no. a funeral, though. I'll be there. <laughs> I remember uh, I remember a buddy, you know, um, you remember Aldrin? Yeah. Man, we picked up a funeral one time. This man showed up in flip-flops. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> I was like, Yo, yeah, he's like, I just want my $60. Yeah, yeah, we, we did it because, you know, coming from the neighborhood we came in where there was there wasn't uh, there was such a scarcity of money that yeah. when you needed those new sneakers, those new Jordans, you know, you needed, uh, you know, a new, a new T-shirt, a white tee, something, you know, money wasn't just going to show up. So the church was a way to get us there, but also a way that helped us, you know, to learn how to manage money. Yo, so one of the things that for me that I've always asked people who come from single parent homes, either sex, there are some things that, there are some values that a man can teach his daughter. Right. But there are some things that he can't and vice versa. There are some things that your mom can teach you. And then there are some areas that she just can't relate to. Yeah, that's right. So where did you find that? Where did you find those areas of um okay this is what a, a man is supposed to do mm -hmm. where did you find those values because you you weren't getting in at home i mean guys like me i'm younger than you mm -hmm. and so we're knuckleheads right so mm -hmm. where did you find um those type of values well i'll tell you what like i, I started to say earlier you know 17 I, I ran into the lord and at that time when i accepted the lord and that was a co-worker What's that? Wasn't that a coworker who? Yes, it was. Legit, you know? Yes. And he got me uh, to go to church. And that was a good male role model that came upon my life at a time that I needed it. I was working in a hardware store. You know, I started when I was 13 and this man gave me an opportunity to make a couple bucks. And, you know, since then I haven't stopped working. And 
I believe he was a, a great mentor. You know, I, I was fortunate that God opened a lot of people around me, even though I didn't have a father. And even though, like you said earlier, you know, I had stepfathers, but they weren't good role models. And God allowed good people to be come upon my life and feed me good seed, you know, and, and grow good fruit. But uh, when I came to the Lord, you know, there was there was a, a, a this mother that I had looked up to, this 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 mom that that got me close to the Lord, could not understand the shift in my life that now I wanted to go in a different direction, serve the Lord in, in, in a more impactful way. You know, I came and had an encounter with God and that was very different to the way I was brought up to which she asked me to leave the home because it was not, I was not living according to the religion she raised me. And, you know, now that I wasn't Catholic, it, it was a, a reason for her to be upset. And, and I can see why she, she struggled so much to raise me the way she knew best that for somebody like me to say, mom, I found a different direction that I feel applies to me more. Um, it, it was hurtful for her. It was, it was almost like she was losing somebody again. And I can understand why she felt that way. So when I was 17, you know, she, my father who had already been incarcerated for a long time, um, for something that he did, he, he tried to come back into my life by helping my mother to try to convince me to go back to the Catholic church. You know, this man that was never, a parent in my life now all of a sudden says, you know, I'm your father. You need to go back and listen to your mother. And you're like, who are you? I'm like, who, who are you? I'm like, you're not going to tell me how to live my life. You're not even living your life the right way. Oh, my. And he hung and we hung up and he said, if I was outside, I would give you some chancletas and I would spank you with that belt because you don't talk to me. I'm your father. And we hung up and we actually didn't talk for over a year. My brother needed emergency surgery and he had no one to talk to about the situation except for myself. So he had to find a way back into my life. So the point of the story is that there was a shift there. The years went by and my father understood the realness of me serving God. See, the biggest thing that we can do is be an example. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't get good example from a lot of people growing up, but the ones that did, uh, have that sliver of 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 advice and and positivity in us you know I, I took everything we could and what happened was that my father now started understanding my spirituality started understanding to the point where even today now my father is in prison and he's translating the uh, uh sermons from the chapels that they do at the at the prison ministries mm -hmm. He's translating them into Spanish for the people that are incarcerated that come that don't understand the Spanish, the, the English services. You know, he's he writes to me these, the, you know, and he's writes to me all these letters now about the reality of God and growing faith in God to the point where he accepts me now as a Christian and actually looks for moral support and comes to me with these questions of faith, you know, and and. Throughout the years, I saw how God allowed that shift to happen where now my dad was uh, wasn't there for me, but I was able to be there for my father through his spiritual growth to the extent where now the, the chaplain at the prison asked him to help him to be his assistant with uh, the coordination and, and and putting stuff together for the prison ministries. And, you know, my father's going to be there forever. He's got life in prison for a decision he made when he was young which led to us being in a single parent home and my mom working. Mm -hmm. But it helped that I went in that way because in God's crazy scheme and the way God designs things to happen, even though we don't understand them, God allowed them to be away from my life and help me grow into that spirituality to, 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 to the point where now 
it's a blessing for him and he's grown from that. But it never would have happened if my dad was in my life because my dad was so strong-minded and strong-willed that I don't think I would have had the courage to leave my home and become a Christian, you know? But the fact that he wasn't around led to that, you know? And, and, and it got to the point where now my father is, uh, is such a good influence and a big supporter of, of, of me as a Christian. You know, one of the uh, interesting things when I first met you, um, even though you weren't a Christian, we both had a lot of the same values growing up, but there was something different about you. And I think the, the biggest thing that was different about you was this guy didn't curse. This guy didn't curse at all. And I come from, we come from the same hood yes. where cursing was like, it's the language. It's the language, right? <laughs> and this dude never cursed. Like you couldn't get it out of him. As many times as you, we all tried to trick you, and people still do. And people still do. Yes. Man, I think I, in the 20 years I've known you, I think I've heard maybe one word come out of your mouth. Yeah. And uh, I say that to say that when I look at you, and as long as I've known you, I've known your brother. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm a little closer to you than I am to your brother, but you and your brother turned out to be really good, really good men. Really, you know. Thank you. Good fathers, good husbands, faithful to one despite what you grew up seeing. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I'm, I'm curious to know what roles did you and your brother have to play for your little sister? Well, that was, that was one of the most dis difficult tasks in my life, you know. I must say that growing up without a good role model, you know, I feel like I'm a better role model that, uh, today than I was when I was younger. I can honestly and openly admit to you today that I've said this to my wife, I don't think I was a good enough brother. I don't think I was a good enough role model to them. When my father was incarcerated, you know, he got locked up when I was like almost 11 years old. There was a huge shift now where the being a man fell on my shoulders and I didn't know how to be a man. You know, even though my father was arrested when I was 11, I was really without a father, you know, for almost my whole life because other than the court appointed, you know, every other weekend we get to go with them. We didn't have um, this, this, this close relationship. I didn't have my father there to teach me what was right and wrong. You know, this came from my mother. And a lot of times she just didn't understand what it was like to be a man. You know, I remember, I remember when somebody was bullying me in school, for example, right? I was getting bullied in school because I was always shorter up until a certain point. I grew a little bit, but I was always shorter and I was getting bullied. And I needed a man to tell me, listen, you got to stand up for yourself, but my mom's response was, you go tell the principal. He will, uh, the principal, <laughs> really. <laughs> There's 600 people in the school. The principal's going to stop everything because I'm being bullied, you know. And her response was always that. Or it was walk away and you ignore it. I'm like, you know, and to the point where I had enough courage to fight back and, and not be bullied anymore. You know, and I know that probably comes from being in Philly, that Philly attitude where to a certain extent, you know, once they push you to that limit, that's it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to take it. I'm fighting back. And it got to a point where that scared my mother because she's she was a woman. She was always working. She didn't want to know that we were into fights. She didn't know that we were defending ourselves because in her mind, she was afraid that we were going to you know, get hurt or, or injured or, or, or killed, you know, and, and she didn't understand that as a man, you got to stand up for yourself or you will be killed or you will be bullied or you will be made fun of, you know, and it was that dynamic that, uh, 
that caused us to become more men. But I spent so many years trying to be a man that I wasn't a good role model. And my sister went wild for so many years and she left the home and and she went through a lot of daddy issues, you know, to a point where she finally joined the army and the army gave her some discipline. And there she met her husband and praise the Lord. Now she's been married for like three or four years. She has two beautiful kids and she matured in that aspect. But it wasn't anything that I did. You know, the best I could do was keep her out of trouble. And I feel that I didn't even do that well enough because she got into trouble. And my brother, it, it helped that my brother grew up quickly, too. Even though I didn't have to have a direct impact on my brother, my brother was a man himself, you know, and, 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 and we were able to relate and, and we were able to bounce off each other in that aspect. And we grew together. You know, there were times where, you know, we were bullied together and we had to fight together to, to get out of that situation. Or we had people that wanted to take advantage of us and we had to be the ones to put our foot down, you know, and, and, and even though we had stepfathers, they weren't involved in our lives in the way that they should have. So brother and I had a good relationship but i feel that with my sister we we both ultimately failed because we we just didn't know any better you know and trying to find ourselves we we overlooked everything else that was going on and and i think all that created a conflict just because from the beginning we just didn't know any better